0: Okay, welcome to the podcast. Today, we want to talk about when you feel like you have poured your heart and soul into something and you're tired of it, which can relate to a lot of things. We have felt this way about films for sure. I know I felt this way about our home, working on renovations, even with our kids. I think some things start to feel At first, it's something you really want, and then when you've been doing it for years, it feels like this never-ending chore, like you're impatient for it to be over. So we want to talk about a remedy to help when you start to feel that way. If you've ever felt that way or you feel that way now where there's something you're in a hurry to be done with, listen to this episode when you get to that point, and hopefully it'll help you out. I think there are a few reasons this can happen. Often, I think this stems from insecurity, about the project itself or your performance Hmm. so you want it to be done with so you can move on and kind of start over i think especially for me with family like i often wish i could go back and start over or even sometimes when we decide to have more kids it's like okay this time i'm gonna be the best parent i can be this child's not gonna have any bad memories of me being a bad mom let's just start over with a clean slate only
1: good memories of you being a bad mom (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) But yeah, even right now with our feature film, we recently had a conversation where we were talking about, should we just kind of sell it early and be done and move on? What if we skipped the whole festival circuit and just seeing what our options are? We know a few niche distributors that we could probably sell it to in the next few months and it would be done and we could (laughs) move on to the next thing. And I think we realized that that was coming from scarcity, from that insecurity, and just wanting it to be over with. When really, if I believe that going the festival route is going to be the best thing ultimately for this film, and I imagine a narrative where it's a huge success and a big distributor picks it up, and it's a great deal and a higher return for our investors, then it's totally worth it to go another year and get that result, even if it takes longer. But I think it's hard to stay in that confidence.
1: Well, and this was a decision we both struggled with, and we've kind of played it back and forth because it's like, where is this choice coming from or where where are our feelings and thoughts coming from? And, you know, one of the things that I liked about the idea of just moving forward is this idea of progress, right? It's like, okay, I just want to progress. I want to move forward. But the downside is, is that if you sell it directly to like a niche distributor without running the festival circuit the end result may end up being the same. But the process of going through all of the festivals, even if like, it gets into some some festivals and then you sell it to the same distributors you would have in the first place, that festival r- run will change two things. First of all, I think it'll change the way we're approaching the finalization process of the film. It's like, okay, how much time are we going to take on like f- polishing this movie, making sure that it is exactly what it needs to be? I think if we have this idea like, Oh, we could just, you know, phone this in and be done. It's going to change how we show up, you know, in the in post. And two, even if the result is the same, first of all, you've made a better movie, you know, it's a little more polished. But second of all, even more importantly, hopefully the festival route you learned a lot from and you and even if you sold it to the same distributor, you've talked to the other distributors that you might not have talked to or you've run it through festivals or tried to get into certain festivals and gotten into other festivals, and you'll know how to run the festival circuit the next time you make a film. So try to live the process now that you'd want to do on the next one, you know. And so, because if you just quit early, you know, it's like the thing you said with kids. It's like, okay, well, we'll call that one a day, you know, (laughs) we're done. (laughs) He's kind of ruined. (laughs) Let's have another one, (laughs) and we'll do it better this time the reason kind of all or
0: nothing. I have an all-or-nothing it's
1: an all-or-nothing mentality and that and the problem with that is if you believed that that child or that movie or that current whatever could still turn out to be everything you want you're going to run it through the full pipeline the full process you're gonna go with that kid until they're a solid 19 give years it old. The best, you know yeah. you're gonna give it the best you can and you're gonna believe that this could turn around and all turn out for the best and I just worked with an actor two days ago on a shoot And every time he flubbed up, he was like, all right, all right, right, let's start over. All right, okay, let let me just start that from the beginning. Okay, (laughs) let me start over. And I I told him, and he kind of had a hard time taking this direction, just finish it. Even if you irreparably ruin the take, just try to to move through it. And you know what? Aren't those like the greatest moments in film history? (laughs) Is when like an actor or something happened where they were like, ah, let's, you know, they could have just said, oh, let's cut. And it was the best take. I mean, like the famous one is like, Alfonso Cuaron called cut on the famous one in Children of Men, and the whole crew ignored him (laughs) because because, uh, he thought something funky had happened with the camera, and it ruined the take, and he called cut. Everyone ignored him, and the take was this totally visceral, amazing take, and it ended up in the movie. And it was the take that the director called cut in the middle of ended up in the movie. I think that's just a cool story. And so don't call cut too early on your life you know and don't be like oh well let me start over on this thing anyway that's these are kind of things that i'm you're making me think of at least.
0: yeah i love that and that's something what you said about your experience with the actor kind of reminded me of a master class i can't remember who it was i i want to say it was usher yeah yeah and he talks about preparing for a performance and when he's practicing in the mirror he always encourages people to do this is to sing the song all the way through and don't stop. No matter how badly you mess up, just keep going. Because when you're performing live, you have to just keep going. And you're always going to have moments where you mess up and you have to kind of turn it into something and make it work. Mm. And so he says, just finish it all the way through the best you can, even when you're practicing, and I loved that piece of advice. Well,
1: and it's not just a piece of advice. I think it's a principle. and the reason I think it's a principle that's so powerful for every aspect of life, <laughs> but especially for filmmaking is because, just like to that point with music, you know how many of us, if you've ever tried to even learn a musical instrument, which I'm the world's you know most uninspiring piano player, because I just play it and I get really good at the first quarter of the song but I never get very good at the last part of the song because I never actually finish it. I have a screenwriter friend who said, everyone's better at coming up with story ideas than they are at polishing scripts because we come up with new ideas every day, but we have very little practice honing the skill of rewriting and locking a script. I think it's a principle for that reason. And you're going to run into this in everything where it's just not as good as I thought it could be. So I'm going to quit and start over. And the next one will be, All the things i want it to be but you're sabotaging yourself by doing that because you're not practicing getting good at the second half or the the second three quarters or the second quarter or whatever um
0: getting good at finishing you're not
1: getting good at the latter part of the process and so you know even you and i talking about this current feature film if we kind of tried to do a quick shortcut strategy here we wouldn't get good at the second portion of it even if it doesn't go as well as we want it to We're more likely for the next film to actually be what we want it to be than if we were to say, let's quit now and start the next one now because... Because
0: we've learned from our failures. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So you have to follow things through.
0: And not just follow through, because I think even sometimes we we will finish it, but not with our best effort because we're just trying to be done and it's really so
1: a mindset, yeah. Yeah,
0: we rush to the end. And I think this is a really natural thing. And it comes from that concept, I believe, often of open loops, which we talk about a lot in screenwriting, but also it's used in marketing where people will say, if you send an email and you just tell the first half of a story and then you say, look out tomorrow for the other half of the story And people are going to be way more likely to click on your next email because they want to hear the rest of the story. Or with screenwriting, if you don't quite answer the question or finish a scene and then you come back to it, we kind of create some suspense where people want to close that loop. Our minds naturally want something conclusive when we hear a story. And I think we can get that way about our own lives. We're thinking about, like, how is this going to end? Like, what's going to happen? And we kind of just want it to be over with so we can close the loop. Like, okay, that was the end of the story of this film. It turned out this way. And we can wrap it up. And for some people, that's even the reward is telling the story after it's done. And we were looking forward to that. And we want to rush ahead and get to that part where we can just talk about how great it was and how hard it was mm-hmm. instead of actually going through that process and living it but you don't have to wait for that and this is the concept we want to teach you and encourage you to do when you feel that way is just to decide what is the ending you get to write it just like you would get to write your own screenplay and you write the ending in in that story write the ending of the story for this project or for this part of your life and just decide this is how it's going to end it's going to be great think of the best case scenario and Here's the thing: you will need to rewrite it because when we're writing drama in a screenplay, we're gonna make it dramatic and we're gonna add a lot of challenges for the character. But when we're trying to write our lives, we don't do that. We're always trying to take
1: the drama out and make yeah. it as streamlined as simple as possible. And we're not suggesting not doing that, right? We we,
0: we want it to don't be be add drama. Yeah. yeah, when we're writing it, but life will naturally make it dramatic. So you don't need to write that in but start out by writing the ending you want and you can probably keep the ending what's going to change is how you get there and that's the part you'll have to rewrite as you go
1: i have a professor who said that the opposite of closure is aperture which is filmmakers is kind of fun so to your point anna uh, if the opposite of closure which is what you want you want to close that loop is aperture then it really behooves us to grow our tolerance in real life (laughs) for aperture and be okay with not closing the loop yet. Even though I do like what you're saying that you can close the loop if you believe in the future that you have decided upon.
0: Definitely, I think we can get used to that. And and at the same time, it's not really necessary. <laughs> in some situations we can um, get a lot of anxiety about wanting to close the loop and how's it gonna turn out and what's gonna happen. And worst case scenarios, we might be really afraid If you're experiencing that, I think it can be helpful to come up with the narrative of how you want it to end.
1: And then believe in the best case scenario. I I really believe in what you're saying about making decisions from a belief in the best case scenario. Because if you actually believe in the best case scenario, you will walk that path. If If you have doubts or you're trying to like well, in the eventuality that we don't end up in the best case scenario, you want to prepare for that. Well, yeah, you do want to prepare for it, but you don't want to make all your decisions based on, well,
0: if you because this will it, probably
1: be a mediocre outcome, we may as well make this decision. You know, it's like, no, that's, well, then you'll only be able to have mediocre outcomes.
0: That's, yeah, it, that's what I was going to say is if you prepare for it too much, that's the outcome you're going to get because yeah, that's exactly. what you worked towards. That's, that's
1: what you've planned for.
0: So we watched King Richard, which you haven't, if you haven't seen yet, is definitely a great watch. Go see it in theaters, but basically Richard plans out his daughter's life and he has this plan for their family and he has very specific ideas about how they're going to get each of these goals that he's outlined. And in the end, every single thing that he planned happened. And this is a real life story. So. It's kind of crazy. It's a crazy story about these two daughters who become both tennis champions,
1: like the greatest. I mean, the
0: greatest of all time. Most
1: likely, you've heard of Venus and Serena Williams, and <laughs> <laughs> because they are just some of the greatest, if not the greatest, people to ever play the sport of tennis, and and they came from you know Compton, and and they just they just did not come from sort of the the culture that usually brings up tennis because tennis is kind of like golf. It's history is very like you have to be able to pay to have the private trainers and the golf clubs, you know? Like so yeah, it's 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 remarkable that he if he did he does that.
0: Yeah, whenever you do something that has never been done before, there will definitely be people who doubt all along the way. And that's what you see in the movie with King Richard. People doubt him and they've never seen anyone do what he's done, so they keep telling him that over and over again but it doesn't affect his belief. He still just talks about the future as if it's already happened. Like, no, you don't understand. These girls are gonna be famous and you're gonna wish that you'd been in on this.
1: Yeah, you're passing up the opportunity of a lifetime. He's extremely confident and he teaches his daughters to be equally confident. And it's interesting how he almost, he defends their confidence because He knows that if anyone tries to kind of come between them and their confidence and try to make them doubt, which is, you know, usually what most reporters are trying to do because they want to create drama, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They want to to raise the stakes and show what would happen if you do lose kind of a thing. He He almost doesn't let them ask those questions because he's basically saying she's answered very confidently what she believes about her abilities and everything. And he said, leave it. Don't keep asking questions. I think that's really interesting because... He's like, if you get in the way of your own confidence, then, you know.
0: That is detrimental to the goal.
1: Well, you know what they say, Thomas S. Monson said, your future is as bright as your faith. And it's kind of this idea of how much you believe in the future that you want is how real it will become, basically. And so he doesn't want anyone to get between them and that confidence. And so that story that he is written for, yeah. for their life. You know?
0: It's really nice how he kind of narrates the story as they're living it. He tells them, now this is the moment. They're never going to forget this or when you do this. And he's telling them as they're living it out <laughs> that this is important and and helping reinforce that belief all along the way, which is just a really cool inspirational thing to do. But you can do that with yourself. The thing is, if it was super easy and you were able to just like we gave this example of submit submitting to a festival and you were just accepted in every festival and they were all fighting over your film and it sold for a super huge sum of money. That's actually a boring story. You weren't meant to have a boring story. That's why we don't like watching boring stories because they're not realistic. Real life has real drama and it takes effort to get results that actually matter. So if it's easy come, it's easy go. Yeah. If you.
1: Well, sorry, but you really remind me when you say when it's easy come, it's easy go, you know, we've talked on this podcast about this idea that what matters most lasts longest. And I think we've also talked about the idea of what lasts longest usually takes longest. And this is why it's so important going back to this idea of when something gets going, when, you know, when the going gets tough, it's so easy to say, okay, how do we tie this thing up? How do we create some closure right now by being done and moving on to the next thing. But so often I feel like what lasts longest takes longest. And so it's not, you don't need to make it take any longer than it. It's like, it's like adding drama, right? You don't need to make it take longer. You don't need to make it dramatic. That will just be, but don't give up on it until it's done. You see it through to the end because the things that we see through all the way to the end are usually the ones that last longest. And when they last longest, it's usually because you're making something that really matters. But if you're making something that doesn't really matter, then it's really hard to stick with it, you know, see it through to the end. Because... you really have to believe
0: that it matters and yeah, remember, exactly, exactly. remember why it does. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you were writing a dramatic version of this story of submitting to festivals, like the character would probably have these high hopes. Maybe the film tests really well. They submit to a bunch of big festivals and they're excited. Mm-hmm. That maybe they're going to get in, and then they just get rejected over and over again, right? We do this to our characters. We want to put them through the ringer. And they keep up hope, but the rejection continues until they run out of money. And then they're using their own money and making sacrifices. And maybe and the they think they get, got in, but it's the, a false alarm. Yeah, and, and like, then
1: there's the stakes get higher. And-
0: yeah, like, and then... The year's ending and they can't afford to pay for another festival out of their own pocket and pay the rent by the deadline and so
1: And then usually something completely unexpected happens, like someone somewhere saw it because it was yeah. circulating and they said, Hey, I've got some connections and I really want to bring this film over to this other place and Right. Or even after knows, they zero. totally
0: give up, like maybe the investor is like I want to cover one more festival and they're like no it's okay like you don't have to do that we've tried like getting into smaller festivals than this and been rejected and And
1: wasted enough
0: of your money and
1: then you find that last dollar and no and then the investor does it behind their back and there's a golden ticket in the (laughs) chocolate bar and
0: And just when they gave up and thought they'd failed they find out that they actually got in their investors submitted when they didn't know
1: and this is usually when in real life we sing musical numbers
0: (laughs) 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 but see This is a much more interesting story. The result's the same. In the end, you still get into a big festival and have a happy ending, but it's not as easy and simple as the first thing you submit to is going to be this smash success. Real life stories that are worth telling have a lot of effort and drama that go into them. So keep the ending for as long as you want, but just be flexible with like you can rewrite how you get there. So do your best case scenario and see what happens. And then if you have to rewrite it, go back and rewrite it. And this happens when we're writing screenplays too. You can write something down and then someone reads it and says, "Ah, it's not working for me. And you might have to change what you write, but it doesn't have to change overall the story and how you feel at the end of it.
1: Yeah. Usually there's like the pieces of a story, you know, from a screenwriting perspective that make it what it is that are just kind of non-negotiable. It's like, well, listen, I wrote this because in essence, this is what this is. But, but, you know, maybe you could cut that character, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe you could, maybe you could cut that scene. Maybe you could rewrite this other thing, or maybe you could maybe adjust a moment here and there. And, you know, you don't be too strict on it. And life requires us to be flexible, but at the same time, it will always try and make us compromise in ways that aren't always worth compromising like you said you keep that ending and you believe in it i'm glad you chose to talk about this particular topic today Anna.
0: (laughs) thanks yeah so hopefully this is helpful for you as you experience that feeling that we all get sometimes of being anxious for something to be done with that you've worked on for a long time try this decide how you want it to end practice telling that story and then you're okay, you know how the story ends. As if you were gonna go watch a movie and someone already told you how it ends. And so then when it's getting bad and you're worried, you're like, how is it gonna get to that ending? I don't know, but I know that it is because someone already told me. And so you can live in that suspense and still have this confidence that it's or gonna end Or if you've watched well.
1: the trailer, you've seen act one, two, and three most of the time anyway, so. Yeah,
0: so there's sort of that like <laughs> <laughs> tolerance you can have in your life like it's just a movie it's just this a movie. is kind of fun it's fun when you know how it ends yeah. and you just don't know how you're gonna get there it's like let's see yeah it'll like be cool to see how the, it plays out
1: the end of every roller coaster is everyone survives
0: <laughs> but they have to
1: convince you along the way that like
0: maybe you maybe won't. you won't
1: because this is scary right so i mean most of us don't quite get to that point mentally <laughs> in roller coasters but i digress
0: <laughs> all right that's it for today we'll see you later
1: Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, you'll love the Film and Family Academy, a program designed to teach anyone how to make a feature film.
0: No, we won't teach you how to put a camera on a tripod. This is for professional filmmakers who want to transition into a feature film career.
1: You cannot have a career making feature films until you've made at least one. Anyone can make a feature film using
0: our proven model. The things that are holding you back aren't what you think. You don't have to quit your day job neglect family responsibilities, have tons of money, or sacrifice your health. There is a sustainable, healthy way to make your dream a reality. And that's exactly what you'll learn in the Film and Family Academy.
1: It's risk-free. If you follow all the steps in the program, you'll finance and finish a feature film by the end, or we'll give you your money back.
0: Learn more at InvisibleMansion.com forward slash film and family, or click the link in the show notes.
1: We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.